We're waiting for everyone to come back to your seats. The altars are open for any Boston Celtic fans who want to repent right here. You could be washed clean today. And I just want to make one more announcement or confirm a previous announcement that on June 1st, that we're going to gather here and we're going to have a concert to support the orphanage that Pastor Melissa's family has had a passion for for many years. And I, I just want to really encourage you today as the people of God. That's what we're called for, to make a difference, to help the hurting. I, I've been to the Dominican Republic and, and, and I saw what goes on with the kids. A lot of them just wandered the streets with no parents. They, they, four and five-year-olds with no one to watch over them. So here is a real opportunity, whether you can come or not. I want to encourage you to, to buy tickets, to contribute. This is something very close to my heart and Pastor George and, and all the leadership of this church. So that's um, June 1st, and we have tremendous music, and it'll be a great time. So I'm, I'm, um, I was looking on Facebook, and I noticed on people's statuses that a lot of you now are all into health and, and fitness. So I looked up a study to try to help you out here. <laughs> and here's a study I found. It says, the Japanese eat very little fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Mexicans eat a lot of fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Chinese drink very little red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Italians drink a lot of red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Germans drink a lot of beer and eat lots of sausages and fats and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. And here's the conclusion they came up with. Eat and drink what you like. Speaking English is apparently what kills you. <laughs> so don't put them statuses no more. Bring out the sausages. The... Well, I got to do that so you could forget all the kids, what they did. I'll never follow those kids. So I'm going to continue with part four of Pastor George's sermon um, called Save the Date. And it was from Matthew 22, where it said that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And it's all about an invitation that's gone out to the nations or whoever would come to Jesus the bridegroom. And last week I spoke about Jesus as the bridegroom, the one who loves you, the, the one who wants to be near, the one who cleanses you, the one who's committed to you. But today I want to speak about the king. You see, Jesus has many roles and functions. He's a king. He, he's 
He's the, the bridegroom. He's the shepherd. He's the teacher. Just as many of you have different functions. Some of you might be a parent. You, you might be a wife. You might be a student. And you can do all those three things, and you do them very differently. But the only thing that should go across each one is your character. See, no matter what role God has, he's a perfectly pure and holy, and he's full of love and compassion. See, Jesus was referred to as Lord over 700 times in the New Testament. He's called Lord more than anything else. And the word Lord means he is ruler. He is king. Last week, I spoke about King David when he, had, when he addressed God in the psalm, in Psalm 63. He addressed God as the bridegroom. And he said, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my soul longs for you, your love is better than life. And there are times when we come to God, as I said last week, as the heavenly bridegroom and say, God... I desire your presence. I want to seek your face. I want to be near you. But now I want to move into a whole different realm of God as king, as God, as Lord, as ruler. In First Chronicles 29, verse 10, this is King David again. But this time he wasn't addressing God as the bridegroom. He was addressing God as the king. He said, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. See, I'm going to share with you another one of those biblical words to impress your friends. One of these, what we call Christianese, and the word is sovereignty. I want to tell you about the sovereignty of God. And it's all summed up in Psalm 115.3. Our God is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. See, God doesn't need my permission to do what he's going to do. He doesn't need to consult with the president. He doesn't care what the United Nations thinks. In other words, the word sovereignty means that he's God and you're not. That he is the right as creator, as Lord, as king over all in his majesty and greatness, to choose who he will choose, to do what, what he chooses to do. See, as a bridegroom, God wants my heart. He wants my passion. He wants my focus. But as king and lord, he wants my obedience. He wants me to surrender control over to, to Christ the King. 
I bow down to him as king. I honor him as king, not just with my words. You know, back when the church first began, Pastor George did a series on worship. See, I was listening, Pastor George. And in that series, what he said, worship isn't mostly about singing, even though we love to sing to God. It's mostly about obedience. It's mostly about making your life a sacrifice to the king, to the one who paid the price for you. And we do it. We honor him because he's worthy. And you know what I thank God? I thank God that the one I bow down to, the one I obey, is the one who loves me. The one who's gracious and compassionate. That he knows the beginning from the end. That he's all powerful. That his glory fills the earth. That there's nothing he doesn't know. He knows your past, present, and future. He knows the right decision to make, in other words, way better than you do. But he's got your interest at heart. He's, he's not like these other rulers of the earth or most of the authority figures where it's mostly about them. It's mostly about greed. It's mostly about, I'm in charge. And I'll crush anybody in my way. I'll move away anyone who would challenge me. I thank God that he's a joyful God. You know that he's in a good mood? He's not moody towards you like, like your boss at work. One, You never know what you're going to get. But with God, he loves you. He's consistent. He never changes I, I want to give my life over to a God like that. You see, through the word, I know God's will. I'm led by the Spirit. I, I, don't, I don't just take control of my own life. And that many times I've done that and I'm still paying the price. Through the years, Pastor George could tell you how many times I called up. Oh, I did it again. Anytime I try to make a decision based on my own desire or my own wisdom and my own timing, I tend to pay the price years later. We need to seek the heart of God. We want to do his will. In other words, if you're single, you want to wait for the one that God has chosen for you. The man or woman of God who values you, who passionately loves you. A man or woman or integrity. Or you can go and do your own will and do, so I just, I'm my own person, I'll make my own choice. And how many of you have done that and you're paying the price? I'm a living witness to my past. See, I don't want any more wasted years in my life. Jesus said, if you love me, Right? We, we always say God is love. This is all about love. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. 
I, I personally wasted years and years of my life doing my own way, do, doing my own thing, where I was disobedient. You know that all it takes sometimes, and I've said this before, is one, one hour? All you need is one hour to go out and, and make one bad decision without waiting on God, and it can destroy your life. See, the Bible says that the devil is out like a, he's like a roaring lion seeing who he can devour. And the Bible says, be alert, be sober-minded. That's why I thank God that he's with me, that he helps me to make the decisions. See, a few weeks ago, we had a lot of people... Uh, give their testimony through the cell phone, all those reports. You all remember those? I, I thank God for that. I, I thank God for the powerful testimonies where, where God took people's failures and their mess and turned it all around through his grace. But can I speak to all the young people right now? There's something even better. You don't have to make the same dumb mistakes I made. You don't have to pay the same price. You can do it right the first time. And if you've already made the mistakes, let today be the first day of the rest of your life. God will wash and cleanse you. You don't, you don't have to get up here and say, Oh, I was in jail. I was hooked on drugs. God can't preserve you from the beginning. In fact, all, all the teens and the 20-somethings, I'm just going to ask you to stand right now. I, I'm just feeling a burden right now. I'm believing there's a generation that's not going to repeat the sins of the fathers of the past. They're not going to go through the same cycles. And Pastor George was going to take a day off, but I'm going to ask you to come because... He, he, pastor George was a youth pastor for many years. And I, and I saw the kids that came up, and they, and they all made mistakes. They all stumbled. Many of them came through without going through the past mistakes, without those same cycles of failure. So I want you to right now to speak and declare over these young people that this is going to be a new generation that's going to honor him as king. Amen, amen, amen. Father, we just thank you, God. Father, right now we just declare in Jesus' name fire on this generation. Fire, Lord, fire right now on this generation. God, give them the choices. I pray that you would make it clear in them, Lord God. Allow them to see. Let your spirit that's in them, that illuminates, that guides and leads, God. Let that, that spirit make decisions for them clearly. Let them be able to look and, and know this is right and this is wrong. Help them to see clearly this is for my benefit and this is for my destruction. Father, keep them from distraction. Keep Keep them from compromise. Keep them from settling. Keep them from, from following everybody else in front of them. Father, I just decree right now, Lord, that they would be leaders and not followers, Lord. 
Father, that they would be the head and not the tail. God, I just pray for an anointing on them to make good choices. An anointing on them, Lord, to, to, to grab those. Father, give them, uh, I'm just seeing like a, a, a lifesaver thing around them, Father. Give them rescue nets that they can pour out to those around them. Uh, let, let them be the one in the boat, God, that can, that can save those that are around them. Father, give them the mentality and the mindset to go beyond themselves and say, it's not just about rescuing me. It's not just about making good decisions for me. But Father, give them the compassion, the heart of the King, the heart of the Father to, to not even be all about themselves, God, in this culture that, that we're growing in, that it's all about what makes me feel good, what's good for me, what benefits me. But Father, give them your heart right now. That they would be more concerned about those around them. And more concerned that if, if they go this way, that others would follow them, Lord. So, Father, set these apart, Lord. I, I thank you that there's so many of them here, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for, for a, a church that loves them and embraces them and empowers them. And I, I just release them right now into your, your mission field. I just release them right now with your power and you're anointing to be strong, strong and courageous leaders in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Aren't you going to tell them what you used to tell the youth, that nothing good happens after 9 o'clock? Tell them, tell them. <laughs> this generation starts a lot earlier, so nothing good happens when nothing good happens, when they got their mind oh, set on the road. It's not 9 o'clock It's not anymore? even 9 o'clock anymore. Oh, no, it happens. Just remember, if you can be distracted... Amen, amen. Amen. I thank God that you don't have to give these testimonies. I mean, I, I live in God's grace. I love his radical grace. I wouldn't be standing here. I, I would have been dead a long time ago if it wasn't for God's mercy and grace. But there's something even greater than radical grace. It's radical holiness, radical obedience. I want to be saved out of it the first time. I don't want to make a mistake and then I'm going to reap all the destruction for years to come. The, the sickness, the problem. I'm believing for this generation, you're not going to fall into drugs. There is not going to be divorce. In Jesus' name, we just break those patterns and cycles in honor of the King who loves you. So what I want to speak about are three advantages of being the child of a king. Do you know if you have Jesus in your heart, you are royalty. You, you are a child, not just a child of God, a child of the king of kings. The ruler of the universe is your father. Not only are you royalty, but you carry his name. You are, because you're a child of the king, you're significant on the earth. You walk in favor. There's greatness in you. You are a person of great stature, whether people around you recognize it or not. Because you're a child of the king, you are a co-heir with Christ. God, God the Father, he gave Jesus 
the inheritance of everything that he had of this whole earth. And you know what Jesus says to you today? You are my co-heir. I share it with you. That's your inheritance. I've told this story before. But growing up, my father left when I was about five years old. And I rarely saw him after that. I stayed with my mother, who most of the years was on welfare. But my father, he remarried, and he became very wealthy. They had millions of dollars. They had a house in California near where Clint Eastwood lived. A house in Long Island on the ocean, Cadillacs, money. Well, my father died first. And then when his wife died, guess where most of the money went? My inheritance. It went to her children. Each one of them got a million dollars. Each one of them got a new Cadillac. Each one of them got a new house. But I thank God today my inheritance is not founded in man. Man cannot take it from me. The things that God has laid up for me, and I'm claiming that inheritance because I am a child of the king of kings, the, the owner, the ruler, the creator, the one who owns all things. I'm believing that my inheritance is going to be restored. Not only when I get to heaven. It says in Mark chapter 10 that when you die and go to heaven, there's great treasures laid up for you. Great rewards depending on how you live your life on earth. But it also says in Mark 10 that here in this life that there's multiplication. There's provision for me. Psalm 37 verse 18. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent. And they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. Because you're a child of the king, there's no lack in your house. There's no poverty. It says, even if the whole economy crashes, if you can take this by faith, there's always going to be more than enough in your house. There's always provision. The provision of heaven is always in place if you're a child of the king. The second advantage of being a child of the king is that God has given you great authority. You see, Jesus is called the son of King David. There are different reasons. One reason is because he would be a descendant of David. He would come through the line of David. But the other reason is that he would be a king like David. And you know, David was not only a king, but he was a mighty warrior. And God is the same way. He's, the Bible says he's the head, he's the commander of the armies of heaven. Here's why we need a warrior God, because there's not only one kingdom on earth. Yes, there's the kingdom of God, which is a kingdom of love, 
a kingdom of healing, a kingdom of peace, freedom, liberty, and life. But in Ephesians 6, it says there's also a kingdom of darkness on this earth, ruled by the devil and dark demonic powers. Ephesians 6.12, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. See, there's all, here on earth there's the devil's kingdom also, which is a kingdom of sickness, oppression, broken families, poverty, rebellion, injustice, depression, death, wickedness, where the weak are crushed by the strong, where children are, are abused and women are used. And Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray to the Father, say, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, I'm called as a child of the king to take the warrior anointing that's on God and walk in it myself. I'm not a pushover. Get that idea out of your head right now that a Christian is a doormat that just takes abuse. You are a mighty warrior. You have the same DNA as God, the, the head of the angel armies. And your job is to take the kingdom of heaven and let it come on earth. And, and the Bible says there's no sickness up in heaven. There's no poverty up in heaven. You walk as a warrior. To, you tear the devil's kingdom down. You can lay, it says in Mark 16, that you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. See, that's part of the devil's kingdom. And you're a warrior. You can stand against sickness. It says, those who believe will cast out demons. Psalm 91, 13, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. See, most of the time when I pray, I don't bother with the devil. Most of the time I, I face God, I speak to him. But there are times... When the enemy is at the doorstep bringing sickness, poverty, and I see him oppressing the people of God, and I take my warrior spirit, my warrior anointing, and I say, devil, you get out of my house, you get out of this neighborhood, you're not going to touch my finances. You, that's the power that's in you because you're a ch child of the warrior king. You don't have to tolerate the devil anymore. You don't have to tolerate it when he tries to come and bring depression. You say, Satan, I take authority over you. And the Bible says when you bind the devil on earth, he's bound in heaven. There's power in your words. There's life in your words. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus told the disciples, 
I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. The devil's already defeated. Why are you so scared of him? That depression has no right to, to be in your emotions. That sickness has no right to come on your body. That oppression that's coming against you. You have power to overcome it. God, thy kingdom come on earth. Your will be done. I just released that warrior anointing over you right now in Jesus' name. That you would take the sword of the Spirit, which is not a... You're not fighting each other. You're not fighting against man. This, this, is, this is a war of love. Your greatest weapon is love when you're dealing with people. Even your enemy. I love them. I do good to them. But I stand against all the demonic powers of hell. And you know where the Bible says they are? Under my feet. I can walk right over his head right now. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he was broken. He was defeated. And I'm going to talk about one more advantage of being a child of the king. And it's all about your future. Because Jesus left from the Mount of Olives. And he went up to heaven. And he says, one day I'm going to return. And when Jesus comes back, it's not going to be like the first time. And I'm going to ask um, for Pastor Melissa to come and her mom. You see, the first time Jesus came, he came as a little baby. He came as a lamb. Why? Because his mission the first time was to die for your sin, to gain your love, to bring peace in your heart. Where is the kingdom of, where is the kingdom of God now? It's not out there. It's in you. It's in your heart. But one day, with the sounding of the trumpet and the shout of the archangel, Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords, he's going to come down from heaven. And we're going to be caught up with him in the clouds. And we're going to rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever. And all the world will bow down to him. He's going to set up his kingdom on earth. So let's just celebrate that right now. The marketplace is empty, no more traffic in the streets. The builder's tools are silent, no more time.
time to harvest sweet Busy housewives cease their labors In the courtroom, no debate Work on earth is now suspended As the king comes through the gate Happy faces line the hallways Those whose lives have been redeemed Broken homes which he has mended Those from prisons he has freed Little children and the aged Hand in hand stand all aglow Who were broken, crippled, ruined Clad in garments white as snow The King is coming The King is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding And now it's face I see The King is coming The King is coming I can see the marching throng All the flurry of God's trumpets Spells the end of sin and wrong Royal walls are now unfolding Heaven's crown stand all in place Heaven's choir is now assembled Starts to sing He's not a baby in a manger anymore. He, he is the Lion of Judah, and he's coming back to crush the enemies, the rebellious, the wicked, the child molesters, the rapists, the rebellious. And you know what the Bible says when he comes back? That the kingdoms of this earth are going to become the kingdoms of our God. And all humanity will worship him. 
and we will rule with him. That's your inheritance. It's called our blessed hope that one day he's coming back. And he's going to remove from this earth everything that hinders love, everything that hinders peace. So I'm going to ask for the worship team to come. Also, I want to ask for those in the healing ministry, if you could come and stand on this side. And um, Stacy, if you could help me with... Um, Here's how I want to close today. Last, last week, we did a prophetic act of taking a white linen and placing it over you as the bride of Christ, as a picture of your cleansing, of your righteousness, of being covered by the love of Jesus. But we're going to do a different prophetic act today. I'm going to ask again Pastor George to come. You see, we, we couldn't afford one of those $20 million crowns like they wear on TV. But we want to do a symbolic act. So first of all, if you need healing in your body, we have a team here that's ready to chase the devil out. They'll pray for you, release healing. If you've been having nightmares, depression, or if you know someone who's sick, they'll pray with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Pastor George this crown. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And if you're saying today, I'm in a battle. If you're in a battle today, Pastor George, as a prophetic act, is going to just come to you and place this crown on your head as a reminder of who you are. Or maybe you just need reminding today. Maybe you're not feeling good about yourself. Maybe you need a reminder that you are royalty. That you are powerful on this earth and nothing can stop you. No one can hold you back. So, Pastor George, if you can just come down, and if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to come. If you need healing in your body, you could come on this side. You could do both.
you know, I, I love the fact that you can come here and kind of never know what to expect on a Sunday. Amen. And, and some people might look at that and, and, and you say, man, I'm sure some people might look at our videos and look at the things that we do and, and they can talk about it and they can make fun. And we might, from the outside, look like we do some silly things sometimes. But I love the, the team that we have here and I love the heart of God that's here. That if we can make a picture... If we can just give you an idea, if we can just somehow give you a visual of what God is doing, of what God is doing in you, of who you are in Christ, then we'll be as silly as we want to. We'll be as, what did David say? We'll undignified. We'll be, we'll be as undignified as, as, as we can be. Because we want you to understand who you are. And who we are and, and, and who we are in Him. And, and there's something about, this could look corny to somebody. I'm sorry. This could appear corny, but I want you to understand that we just want you to get the picture that I'm a king's kid. And, and I believe there's, if there's two or three people in here that need to get that today, then it's all worth it. The price of the crown, I mean, it's worth it. Because we need to understand that I'm a, I'm a king's kid. And if you're standing right here, I want you to understand I'm a king's kid. And that means that I'm not less than anybody else. That means that I'm not, that, that people can't walk over me. That means that, that people can't treat me any way that they want to. It means that I am the son, I'm the daughter of a king. Amen. And so that's what we want you to get today. That's what I want you to see today. You don't all have to come up, but but even if, if you would just watch for a moment, and I want you to just picture yourself there. You might not be bold enough. You might feel that's silly, that's corny. I'm not going to step up and do that. But I want you to at least see it so that you can receive it right where you're standing. And just receive the king, not me, the king, putting a crown on your head. And saying, you are my child. You are Abba's child. You're the son of a king. Amen. You're adopted. There's something beautiful about being adopted. Being adopted is a choice. Daddy adopted you. you we're sons through adoption. Sons of the king. Amen. Let's worship as we just have this time together with those that come forward and those that are here please don't rush off right away just take a picture to see it i'm going to ask the other pastors to grab a crown and just help me <laughs>